welcome to episode one. That was the name of our podcast. I definitely forgot. <laughs> the podcast where we only watch the first episodes of various web series and then make fun of them, give our opinion on them. We haven't really settled in on a, like, are we reviewing them or are we just making fun of these shows? I think there's, we've been trying to flesh out a few things. There's us guessing what's going to happen next in the mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. Uh, us talking about whether or not we think it's worth watching more of. Sure. Um, And then just uh, review slash make fun of slash in the uh, case of this episode shit talk. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the show we're talking about is Insatiable. What did you think? Um, Favorite show ever? No. 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 No, I'm not even sure that was a show. Are you saying it might not have been fiction? Because I'm well. No, what I'm saying is I'm not sure that that's a series. I don't know. That was a a series of in unfortunate. Like I I don't even know what happened. I don't. I can't. I don't know what happened in that show. It felt like every moment in that show, and I said this to Kathy as I was watching. Mm-hmm. Every moment in that show felt like it was building up to a porn. Like, every scene was, like, just waiting for somebody to, like, all right, and here's where we have sex, right? Because that's what every scene was. And before you go thinking, like, okay, sweet, that sounds like an awesome show that I definitely want to watch. None of these people should be having sex. None of these people should be procreating. This was a nightmare. Yeah. So, the plot of the episode Mm -hmm. is there is a lawyer who also coaches pageant queens. Mm Mm-hmm. So his client, I guess, the mom accuses him of molesting her, the girl. So now he's an accused child molester. Yep, like you do. All right, so nobody wants to hire him as a lawyer or as a pageant coach. Yep, we jump months down the line. Months down the line where this fat and therefore worthless person... Yes, clearly. ...punches a homeless man. Mm -hmm. He tries to take away her candy bar. Mm Mm-hmm. Gets arrested mm-hmm. and needs a lawyer, mm-hmm. and he's her lawyer. But it turns out she had her jaw wired shut, so she lost a bunch of weight. Now she's very, very attractive, mm-hmm. and he wants to be her pageant queen. But she wants to use her newfound beauty as some sort of sexual weapon. Mm-hmm. And I know what you're thinking that we just described the entire series to you, but no, that that was one episode. That was it was. 40 torturous minutes just trying to like yep you nailed every like that was every bullet point of the episode and it made no sense whatsoever this fucking show go so is it just me or did that that lawyer guy look like john ritter that's just you did you are you serious have you like did you look at a picture of him i know you watched the episode but like look at him he looks like john ritter okay so here's some side by sides no Come on. Definitely. He definitely looks like John Ritter. Okay, I'll show you a picture of a person and you tell me if it's Dallas Roberts or John Ritter. Okay, got it. That's John Ritter? Yeah. Okay. Don't read the name of it. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, still John Ritter. No, that's Dallas Roberts. What? (laughs) You tell me that John Ritter wasn't alive at the time of Netflix being a thing, that they would have a backdrop that said Netflix all over it? Weird. How can you look at that picture and not tell me that 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 they don't like that they look alike that they don't look alike? So, 
that all being said, I feel like Dallas Roberts would have been an appropriate character name in this show because everybody's name was something ridiculous. His son is Brick Armstrong. Yeah. Is he also like I Brick Armstrong, greatest name for the captain of the football team. He's definitely the captain of the football team, right? I don't know. We'll have to watch episode two. No, nope, nope, we won't. Nope, we won't. This is the part of the show where I guess because I'm never watching another second of that show. It was awful. Yeah. What did you hate about it the most? Um, I think what I hated the most, it's hard to say. There's, there's, there's a lot of hate online. I was looking up this show afterwards because I remember there being some like outrage when the show came out. and mm-hmm. I assume it had something to do with fat shaming or something. And it did. Um, there's a lot of hate online about how it represents fat people and how, and how, to your point earlier, that like it's only attractive people that can use their sexual power for whatever, whatever. But I think the thing that I hated most was not that, but it was the fact that it felt like the writer's room for that show might as well have just been multiple people sitting around going, what would be the most awkward and or insane thing to say next? And then saying, okay, yeah, let's go with that. I don't know how many times I, during the show, the what's his name bob anderson the the lawyer was making fun of his his rival whatever his name was uh it was bob barnard yes that's the reason right. i wrote it down is because he had a lot of nicknames for him yes. notably bob bag of boners mm-hmm. barnard mm-hmm. and uh i think it's the only one i wrote down oh i hope you wrote down this other one Captain Dildicorn? Oh, I did write that Captain Dildicorn down. You just didn't know what the fuck that was when you saw it on your notepad, did you? No, it's just, I have two fucking pages of shit. <laughs> what the hell is a Dildicorn? No. <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> Captain Dildicorn right there. And then, okay, I hated a lot of this. Okay. I agree with, like, what's the most outrageous thing that we can say? Uh, like, what's the, the jokes were, I'm just gonna go down my list of jokes sure sure go ahead uh i want to touch as many of them as i can yep yep so he's explaining i'm not a child molester i just like to help little girls and i want to touch as many many of them as yeah yeah the mom works at a place called wiener taco yep nope that was hold on let's stop there for a second yeah what do you think they sell at wiener taco i was assuming hot dogs in Tacos. No, no, no. Okay, now, like, think this through for a second. If it was wieners and tacos, don't you think they call it wiener and taco or something? There'd be an N or, or an and in there. They sell wiener tacos. What are wiener tacos? Ooh, they, could call, they could call it wiener and taco. But that would be a wiener in it. Th- that would at least be more des- descriptive than what. what is a wiener. Is it the, like a, a taco shell made of wieners or is like. Maybe it's a hard shell taco <coughs> with a hot dog in it. And then cheese whiz. That sounds about as appealing as the rest of this show. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, yes, Wiener Taco. Uh-huh. What other ridiculous things do you have written down? Um, he's a child molester, which means I actually might have a shot. Right? Yep. That's literally the quote I'm looking at right now. What the hell? Like, this, that's, I, just above that, like, right before I had written that quote, I had jotted a note to myself, which is that it felt like every second of the show, I mentioned this earlier, Felt like it's a, a second away from devolving into a porno. And then the next thing she says, the the girl who's... I don't know what her age is. Presumably she's underage. She's in high school. She's, yeah. She's talking about how she's got a crush on this dude. And somebody says, gross, he's a child molester. And she says, sweet, I have a shot. Like, I don't, I don't have anything funny to say to that. Because it's just an awful thing to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Patty 
is attractive. Who's Patty? The main character in Insatiable. Oh, um, eh. She she looks underage and kind of like a, a baby, so not really, no. Yeah, I think that, I mean, the point of the show is that she's a beauty queen. Mm-hmm. So I agree. There's something, I think conventionally she's attractive, right? Probably. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, but it's weird that the character's underage <coughs> and it's about sex. Like yeah. the show's about sex, mm-hmm. pretty much. Yep. Thus far, I mean, thus far, like that's all I have to go on. Her plot is, her, one of her plots is she's gonna bang the homeless guy that broke her jaw. Yep. Yep. She doesn't go through with it, so she's gonna. So she decides she's going to <coughs> light him on fire. Right. Yep. That's the point where I threw my headphones on the ground and Kathy asked me what was wrong, and I said everything. <laughs> everything is wrong. But the reason that she was gonna light him on fire is because he passed out and he couldn't have sex with her. Well, and also he broke her jaw earlier, right? Like, is that why? Also, no, it also he said, like, can't be a fatty or something like that. Like, there was just, like, I, I genuinely felt like this show at, at alternating intervals went from, like, we're going to be as ridiculous as possible, but here's this, we're going to try to be heartwarming here where, like, oh, this guy that broke her jaw was actually an alcoholic and, like, there was something wrong with his life. But then, no, we're going to get rid of any, like, they didn't have any goodwill in the first place, but we're going to get rid of any goodwill we had in the first place by making him a despicable shitty person who was lying about his drinking so that we can justify lighting him on fire. Oh, but here's the thing. So I made the mistake of um, looking at the next few episodes just to see what the titles of the episodes were. Mm-hmm. Turns out there was a motel fire that night. The next episode, there's a motel fire. So something happens. We're going to have to watch them. Fine. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Not at all. That's not happening. Nope. More jokes <coughs> I hated. Yes. It looks like you need a pearl necklace. Yep. That's a lot of swallowing, even for you. Yep. Weird. Yep. Weird joke. Weird joke to say to your friend's mom, right? Because that was the, like, mm-hmm. the girlfriend who was saying that, yeah, that, yep, okay. The anal cancer thing? Yeah. Yeah. So, the the central, not central, like, the middle act of this episode, so, and I hesitate to call it an act because it gives it some sense of legitimacy, is that uh, Bob is started a fundraiser something or another for presumably uh rectal cancer or or something um but they keep calling it anal cancer butt cancer all sorts of awful stuff and it devolved like that that whole that whole scene was kind of a nightmare between the fact that he just kept saying anal cancer the brown ribbons that they were using to like denote whatever awareness of of rectal or anal cancer but then my least favorite part of that whole scene was I'm going to heckle you at this fundraiser for anal cancer. And my version of heckling is just going to be making fart noises the entire time you're talking. Mm. And then they do the thing where he keeps saying things that he accidentally says something that means fart. Like it's a silent but deadly killer. I didn't. I didn't even. Honestly, I at that point in time, I think I had checked out. Yeah. So this reminded me of when I was college age. My friend and I made movies, and we made a movie where one of the plot points was the characters faded away from society because he was distraught over the death of his mother, and his mother had a disease called posteriorosis, and he gives like a speech about it, and I'm watching the speech with, or I'm watching the movie with my dad, 
and the character is giving the speech, and the character's like, she fought really hard, but she eventually died. And my dad went, pause the movie, and we paused the movie, and he literally said, she fought really hard, but she died in the end. And I was like, fuck! <laughs> and I called Jason, and I told him that. He was like, how did we miss that joke? <laughs> <laughs> and it still haunts me in this scene just uh, brought up all sorts of bad memories it brought up the bad memories and then it made me feel bad that that part of our movie was like so close to this this yeah like that there was any connection between there's any, yeah yep yep but ours was way classier anything would be way <laughs> a snuff film would be way classier than this than this show uh i wrote down bob vagina barnard yep, yep. vagina mm-hmm. that was also a, a a very a very good insult mm-hmm. and then she what so she doesn't want to eat anymore or she doesn't want to overeat anymore because she's afraid if she gets fat again uh Bob Armstrong won't think she's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So she replaces, she fills that void with violence. Mm-hmm. Sexual violence. Uh-huh. Sexual violence. Yep. And so that, long as she doesn't eat, though, she'll still be pretty. A pretty serial, serial killer. <laughs> yeah. Is that what you think is going to happen? She turns into a serial killer? She's got an insatiable bloodlust. I assume that's what insatiable means in this, like, for this show. Okay. Everybody on this show has some insatiable need, and hers is to kill through sexual violence. <laughs> is it? I mean, would, did, did you not see where that was? I mean, it was very clearly going in that direction. She was going to fuck a homeless guy to teach him a lesson. What lesson does that teach him? Punch a fat girl and I get fucked by somebody who's now pretty? And she, he still doesn't know that it's the same girl. Yeah. Was she, she ever going to tell him? No, she was going to make him fall in love with her. Uh-huh. Then break his heart. As homeless guys are wont to do. Yeah. They're, they're hopeless romantics. That's why they're without homes in the first place. Continue. Yes. No, that was it. That's what oh, she was oh I'm sorry. That was the whole plan. Okay. <laughs> then she was going to light him on fire. <laughs> no, no, no. That was plan B. <laughs> yeah, plan, plan A didn't work out so much. Plan B, I'm going to light him on fire. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, actually, plan B was eat a chocolate bar, but then she decided that she, rather than eat a chocolate bar, she'd rather resolve. It's like, honestly, maybe it's not even sexual violence. It's just straight up violence. Like, I'm just going to light somebody on fire. Are you familiar with the plot of Great Expectations? No. So... Please tell me you're going to compare this drivel to classic literature. Yeah, I'm going to compare this drivel to classic literature. So, Great Expectations has a character named Ms. Haversham. Haversham, or however it's pronounced. Okay. She gets left at the altar. Okay. And she's heartbroken. Mm. And, like, uh doesn't take her wedding dress off or you know anything she wears her one wedding shoe she had on at the time like for years and years and years and so she trains a young girl in the ways of like womanly wiles to fall in love with some random man or i guess boy so that uh he could fall in love with her and break her heart so that he could fall in love with her and then break her heart. Why is she? Or no, break, she would break his heart. I mean, and she gets some sort of thrill out of breaking somebody else's heart through proxy. Yeah. Okay. This has been Michael's literature corner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where we compare insatiable to great expectations. Yeah, and uh, then Miss Havisham 
lights him on fire. Yeah. Okay. Little, little there we pip. go. I'm little pip. I'm I'm okay. seeing the connection now. It was all in the fire. I just mm-hmm. completely messed it up until that point. Honestly, I don't remember that book that well, but I know that happens. And there's remember, probably a fire. You remembered it well enough that you like while you were watching Insatiable. While I was watching Insatiable, my brain melted out of my nose. But you were like, <laughs> great expectations. <laughs> now there was a book that Netflix should definitely not make into a show because it would turn oh. it into this. I bet there's probably a fire though on Great Expectations. Probably, probably when they when they light that that boy on fire, that makes the most sense. Um, can we talk about how they named the um, pageants in this show? Like a lot of this show revolves around beauty pageants. Do you remember the names of the pageants that that, that they discussed on this show? I remember Miss Med. Yep, yep. The first one was Miss Salty Grits. <laughs> no, I missed that. Yep, no, like that was like I. Mm, once again, it was just the writing on this show was so lazy. I guarantee you when it came to the dialogue, it was just sitting around going, what's the most outrageous thing we can say here? Dildicorn. Got it. Done. I don't know what that word means, but it sounds funny, so let's say it. And I feel like when it came to the naming of the pageants, they just used a random word generator and said, here's two words. That's what this pageant will be. No, they tried slightly harder than that. Like, Ms. Magic Jesus. What the? F- no, no, no. Magic Jesus? Funny. That's not, you're right, it's not funny. They, I'm not saying it's funny. I'm saying it's absolutely insane. This, this is the ramblings of an insane person. If somebody just walked up to you and said, I want a Miss Magic Jesus pageant, yeah. what would you think about them? I, I don't know. I would, I would think that they were at, like, Jesus camp. And it was like a Bible thing. Dildicorn. The act of one person using duct tape to stick a large cock-shaped dildo onto the forehead of another person after tying them up. The recipient may also have a rope taped to their ass as a tail for added effect. So it's a thing. So they just furthers my theory that they just said, all right, let's find the most outrageous thing. Maybe they just went to Urban Dictionary and thought, we need a word like we need a word that starts with a D or a B. Ah, vagina. Uh, Dildicorn. Well, I mean, Dildicorn, though, only has eight upvotes. There's another Dildicorn as the same thing. It's got 23 upvotes. Um, I got really, uh, I'm not, I'm not sure what the word for a combination of excited and horrified is. Um, but I just went looking up, because as I was rambling or ranting about Magic Jesus, um, yeah. I was thinking for a second, like, oh, dear God, what if there's actually a Magic Jesus pageant? And so I looked it up, and the first thing I started typing magic, and the first thing that came up was Jesus pageant. And I about had a heart attack until I realized it was entirely about this show. Okay, there's no way that people are Googling magic Jesus pageant enough that you'd start typing magic. Like, anybody starts typing magic and it says magic. So I think, I I suspect Google's search algorithms are a little more refined than just basic, like, searches. Because very frequently I would start to type something that I was just re- like looking at something else related up. So I w- had just been looking up Insatiable a little bit before because I was looking up some information about the writers and all that sort of stuff. Mm. So I suspect that it was tailoring it towards, all right, you looked up Insatiable. You might also like Magic Jesus pageant. I, you know, like it's Amazon's you might also like. If you saw, if you were reading the newspaper and you open it up and there's one page ad for the Magic Jesus pageant to like attend, would you go? I mean, I feel like I've got that invitation in the form of this show, and I'm not going to go. I don't. I don't think. I don't think I could go. I. 
What was the other one? Miss Salty Grits? Salty Grits. Yeah. That's a thing. Yeah. It, is it? Let's look that up. Let's see if I can come up with Miss Salty Grits. Yeah, it's going to be another insatiable. Probably. Miss Salty Grits. Yeah, nope, that's not a thing. Okay, there was one joke. <clears throat> okay, yeah. That I, that I liked. Uh-huh. And it was when she goes up and they ask her, what does she think of ices? And she says, like Italian ices? I love them. My favorite is orange. And then walks off stage. And that was enough justification for that woman to brand Bob Armstrong as a molester for the rest of his life. Also, by the way, he's a lawyer, right? Yeah. So he's heard of the word libel and, like, definitely could have sued her for, like, some bullshit that happened. Like, that's, that's... Right. He's a lawyer. How did, like, how did I assume when it cut forward three months that we were going to see him having sued her and, like, something happened and that's what left him kind of out on, like, down on his luck or whatever. But nope, he just accepted it. was like, yeah, I mean, I guess it's my life now. Everybody assumes I'm a molester. In this Me Too world, Eric. Oh, my Jesus Christ. <laughs> I gotta go through with it. I gotta go through with it. Oh, Jesus. <clears throat> Magic Jesus. No, just Jesus. Sweet baby Jesus. Uh, there was the point where the guy in gym class helps her up, and then she asks him for, to a cup of coffee, and he goes, oh, you thought just because I was nice to you? Right, what the fuck? What, what was that leading to? And then he just walked off. What was that leading to? Was he, like, just upset? Like, I, it, it felt like, oh, yep, yep, I don't know. It, yeah, it was like, it reminded me of, like, nice guys who, uh, if a woman is nice to them, thinks that they're entitled or, you know, thinks that Entitled to something. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that's what they were going for here in reverse? That's, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess this is the first episode, but it was just such an unnecessary component to that whole scene. Like, it's, it's like two seconds later that she's punching a homeless guy. Well, maybe that's why. Maybe that's it. Just to embarrass her. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I, like, I can't, I'm, I'm sitting here stumped for how to explain anything about this show. Yep. Oh, what's Heavenly Creatures? I don't know. I'm saying something about Heavenly Creatures, but I don't know. Yeah, she goes, uh, Nani says that they're best friends, just like in Heavenly Creatures. I'm assuming that's a movie of some sort. Yeah, but there's a... Probably a Drew Barrymore movie. Oh, yeah, what's up with that? What's with the Drew Barrymore? Drew, more like Drew Barrymore. No, no, Welcome no, to Michael's no, Joke no, Corner. No, 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 no. I want Drew Barry less of this of this bit. <laughs> no, I don't see Drew Barrymore in it. Well, that's that was a deep pull for her to use to describe that her and Patty was it our best friends. Mm-hmm. It's about two teenage girls, and they murder one of the teenage girls' mother. So she's like, it was a threat, because she's talking to Patty's mother. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And Drew Barrymore is definitely not in this one. <laughs> no. But what's with the Drew Barrymore infatuation, and how is it supposed to have shaped this character? Well, it, clearly, she saw one scene from a movie and thought, I'm going to set this guy on fire. She saw the like one of the ending scenes from the movie Firestarter and assumed, like, oh, this is the universe telling me to light somebody on fire. I'm assuming that there's going to be more Drew Barrymore references. What do you think, based on that, the, the, the incessant need for Drew Barrymore references, what movies do you think they're going to reference next? I don't, I don't know enough about it. I don't know enough Drew Barrymore movies to make that bit work. Let's name all of them that we can. E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Yep. 
The Wedding Singer. Yep. Never Been Kissed. The 51st Dates, which they went through. Um, I don't recall seeing anything about Charlie's Angels, but that was definitely in there. Yeah, and then Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. <laughs> okay, that was a deep cut. Yep. Um, Firestarter. Yep. There's that time she showed David Letterman her boobs. Yep. That. So, based on this, Patty's going to meet an alien. Yeah. Um, show David Letterman her boobs. David Letterman's not around as uh, well no i guess he's doing he's doing that show on netflix it would be a perfect tie-in mm-hmm. yep mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. perfect i feel like we've really nailed the predictions part of this episode um, this is gonna be her living her life through drew barrymore more movies yeah i think so but it, it makes as much sense as anything else in the show did yeah it's supposed to have shaped the character's psyche in some way like all these like it starts with i watched so many romantic comedies especially mm-hmm. drew barrymore movies but mm-hmm. then i don't get the connection between that and the way that she's behaving in the show well th- what oh there was um shit what was the one where uh about joey botafuco and uh what the hell is her name Drew Barrymore? Well, yeah, she was in the movie, though. Like, that's the one that, that she was using to inform her coming on to The Lawyer. Oh, uh, The Long Island Lolita? There we go. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. The Long Island Lolita would have been proud. So there it is. I think that that, that I mean, maybe it does make, maybe the show really does make sense. Maybe it's really some deep meta commentary on Drew Barrymore's um, filmography. I don't. Or it's garbage. Yeah. The pink gun. She's like maintaining and shining and. Loading a pink gun. Who? I don't remember that scene at all. I um, might have clicked onto a different tab in my browser during that scene. Um, why are you clicking onto different tabs? Because this show was the worst. Continue. <laughs> I realized what I was doing 30 seconds in, but like, yeah. I really need you to have more dedication to this I am, podcast. Honestly, I finished the episode. I, <laughs> like, if nothing illustrates my commitment to this podcast, then other than me finishing that episode after... I texted you after 15 minutes and just goes what and just to say what the fuck did you get me into? Was that impactful for you? Had you watched this episode yet? I think I thought no, I, I hadn't. Um, so I had tried to watch this back when it first came out, and I made it about 15 or 20 minutes into the first episode. It's like I cannot do this, which is exactly where I wrote you. Yep, and it is. It, I'm 15 minutes into Insatiable, and I hate you for picking this because I picked this episode. Yeah, for this episode. And then I said, I can't wait to talk to you about it. And then you wrote, what the fuck did I just watch? The fuck is this show? Yeah, I mean, I and I, I stand by those statements. I feel like I've repeated those statements to, to start this episode. So it's the woman who accuses him of child molestation. There's a scene where she's talking to somebody on the phone. I don't remember who. And she's just got, like, her private eye. I, yeah, probably. A table full of pink guns. I miss this entirely. Oh, okay. yeah. And she's like polishing them or doing maintenance on them or whatever. Yeah. Pipe cleaners down the barrel. Yep. Based on the accents and the fact that that woman had apparently an armory, like, it seemed like the show was set in the deep south. Like, just... First thing I wrote down was the accents. Yeah. Yeah. Exclamation point. Also, what was up with the voiceovers? This entire... Like, I feel like every character had voiceover during this show. So many narrators. <laughs> There's so many narrators. It didn't make any sense. And the problem is when everybody's doing this fake southern drawl, they all fucking sound the exact same. So when there's multiple like people in a scene and one of them's narrating, I can't tell who's talking. Yeah. 
it made no sense. Not that I wanted to. Like, I didn't care who was talking, and maybe that was a part of it. There was, yeah. there was nothing about this show that was redeemable. Yeah, there was the courtroom scene where she's like, so are you saying that I didn't... Basically, she asked the judge... Yep. Because that's how that works. The witness asks the judge questions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She asked the judge, if I can summarize her point, are you saying because I was fat, I didn't deserve the privilege of punching a homeless man? She didn't say it exactly like that. No. Nope. And here's the thing. Her point was completely valid, but that's because it wasn't, I didn't deserve to punch a homeless man. It was, I didn't deserve to feel safe because I was fat, but, but... <laughs> To the other half of that point, yeah, absolutely. That's not something that happens in a courtroom where the witness just starts to like cross-examining the attorney. Because that's who she was talking to initially. She talked to the attorney, was like, What do you think I deserve this? And then batted her eyes like But that's I mean, that's his point. As soon as he finds out she's pretty now, he knows he can win the case. Mm-hmm. The whole world hates unattractive people. Fat people in particular. Fat people in particular. Because she looks the exact same except fat because she was just wearing a fat suit. Right. By the way, like not to not to um, try and stand up for this show at all, but I was looking through like reviews and like uh, the, the whole articles about the petition that went around like after this show immediately came out and apparently got a hundred one people, a hundred one thousand people signing to get this show removed from Netflix like immediately. Um, one of the arguments was that why the hell are they using somebody in a fat suit? There are lots of fat actresses out there that could use work, and my thought was. That's not how this show worked. Somebody was fat for like two seconds in the show, and then they got skinny. So it doesn't seem like there. There's not a yeah. I I don't know. There's there's not a kind way for me to say. There's not a skinny suit. Like I I had no problem with that particular thing. Uh, like I have a problem with literally anything else about this show, other than the fact that they used a fat suit for all of five minutes on this show. Bye everyone.